Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Consider subscribing to get notifications the next time we post a podcast. And if you enjoy this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share with a friend or on social media. This is Jeff Johnson. Join me for the KYMN Morning Show, weekdays 6 to 9, right here on your radio station, KYMN Northfield. Joining us now in our studios to talk about that and more is Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Great to see you this morning. Boy, it's thank you for coming in today. I bet it's been a hectic week for you. You've had the the first day of school. You had the teacher uh, parent-teacher conferences and uh, then defeat days and all the sports going on right now. Hey, it's back at it. What a great weekend. You know, what a great week to be in Northfield, Mm -hmm. right? What a fantastic week. And um, the joy that we saw throughout the week last week, whether it was starting with our family conferences and just for your listeners, you know, what would have traditionally been the first day of school, uh, two days of school, we invited families in uh, to have a conversation about their students and about what the school year was going to be about. And so as just we, we had really good overall, um, we had really good attendance, especially uh, at the elementary and the middle school. And I think what's really important just to share about those family conferences is just I want to share a couple of the questions that we shared with families. So we talked about, we our teachers asked, you know, how was your family school experience last year? Uh, what are you or your student looking forward to this year? Um, do you have any concerns about starting the year? What questions did you, did you have? What information do you, do you need to know right away? And so rather than us, you know, dictating to them, these are the things we have to have, we started off with that conversation just to try to gauge people where we're at. Everybody at home knows that when you can start a relationship by asking the other person, right, what they've been through, we can really open up a dialogue. And when we as a school know what kids have gone through and what their the challenges and what their success are, did they get a new cat over the summer mm-hmm. on, on the happy end, you know, or, uh, you know, for some people, um, or did they have a loved one you know, who died or someone who they couldn't see because of travel restrictions or things like that? When we are armed with that information to start the year, we can serve families better. So uh, start with family conferences. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we moved into the first day of school on Thursday. We had a beautiful day. It was a wonder. And the joy that you could feel of people returning in full. Um, full capacity buses, full capacity schools with the safety measures, uh, face masks that we have talked about, of course, being the the primary one. There was just a lot of joy and people who are tired at the end of the first week because we need to get our sea legs back, everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Students, families, and staff. So uh, we also had some uh, uh, special visitors at uh, Greenville Park. So uh, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan and Commissioner of Education, Dr. Heather Mueller and Deputy Commissioner of Education, Dr. Stephanie Barrage, and uh, local uh, uh, House Representative Todd Lippert met students, and they greeted them as they came off the bus outdoors and talked with parents as they were uh, lining up to have their kids go into school. And um, and then uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, uh, Flanagan and Dr. Barrage and, and Dr. Mueller did uh, get to greet kindergartners during the, for a short time during their breakfast time. So we just had a great week. Finished it up with a, 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 the defeat of Jesse James Day weekend, which is, of course, and a rare Saturday afternoon football game. And so thanks to KYMN again for uh, broadcasting that. Yeah, it was a uh, a lot of things going on this week. Let's talk about you know that first day of school. You had to prepare uh, differently than you had last year, which is really different, really different than what you had in the uh, past. But did you feel like the preparations that you made, like were, were you? Uh, 
I guess that some of the uncertainty that was uh, there last year may have been gone. Some of that, uh, at any way, is gone. Do you feel like it was a, a, a successful uh, school opening for uh, you know the teachers and staff as well as the students? Yeah, and, and I completely agree. It was a very successful opening, Jeff. And I think that when we look at the preparation that our staff did. Um, Listeners know, if you've paid attention to our school, that we Mm -hmm. really do have a world-class staff. And we have people who work incredibly hard to be ready, right, to be prepared. And they did that. We had a five-day workshop week the week before. Uh, We had a lot of stuff going on with them to teach them some new things and to make sure that they had uh, to do the best we could to have enough time to Mm -hmm. be able to prepare. Of course, we can never have enough time to prepare. There's always one more thing that you want to do. I would agree, Jeff, that it was a little bit more clear this year. Mm Mm-hmm. But if we think about a year ago, um, last week, uh, the total COVID-19 cases in Rice County from August 29th to September 4th was 140 lab-confirmed cases. Mm -hmm. One year ago, when we were preparing and getting ready to start, when we had all of those other different things that we were trying to prepare for, a total of 31 cases. So the public health situation is very different this year than last year for a variety of reasons. Vaccination, we know Mm -hmm. a lot more. And so we had a lot more uncertainty last year. This year, we have greater clarity. I certainly don't want to say that we have people who are completely comfortable yet because that wouldn't be true, right? But what we have done is we've tried to put measures into place that can prioritize uninterrupted in-person learning. Um, Last night, we heard our middle school and high school principals give their school improvement plans. And over and over and over in those plans, they talked about how important relationships were and that we've always known relationships were important. But last year's um, interrupted school year at various points, I want to remind people we were in school, in person for the vast majority of the school year. We had a short period of time um, from November through uh, some cases mid-January or late January, depending on how old you were, where we had distance learning. But we knew relationships were important before. It just put it over the top how important those relationships are to make sure that we can engage kids as human beings before we get to the academic part. And so this prioritization of uninterrupted in-person learning through, frankly, just quite a few number of safety measures compared to what we had last Mm -hmm. year. But to characterize the week, our staff rocked it. They did wonderful. Our families rocked it. They were prepared. We have had high compliance with our safety measures, and we're very proud um, of the way that people have started the school year. They're tired, though. (laughs) Let's move on to the uh, open house. You've had uh, quite a bit done, really, maybe not this year, but last year. And as you mentioned, it has been... People haven't really had a, a good chance to uh, see all the uh, improvements that were made over the course of a number of years. But uh, this a week from Thursday, you have an open house at the uh, at least the elementary schools. Yeah, so we're very excited on uh, September 23rd from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. We're going to have open houses at all of the projects that were part of the 2018 bond referendum, which mm-hmm. seems like like three lifetimes ago. Yeah. And so, as people recall. That 2018 bond referendum that was passed with over 60% approval rating from the voters, it built the new Greenville Park Elementary School that is uh, over on Lincoln Parkway. Beautiful building. We're excited to show that off. Um, And at Greenville Park, not only will there be some, uh, there will be some guided tours. You can also do a little bit of self-guided tour if that's what your preference is. We'll also have a ribbon cutting and a ceremony at 6.30 p.m., so a short program um, just to officially uh, open the school, even though it's been open for more than a year, but it's more of a ceremonial ribbon cutting and then just a short program. And then we'll also have uh, people available and open houses at Spring Creek Elementary where there's an addition and renovation, 
Bridgewater Elementary, there was an addition and renovation there. We'll also have some uh, tours at the new district office in the Area Learning Center building, which is the former Longfellow building that had some renovation. Uh, and then at the Northfield Community Education Center, which is the former Greenvale Park Elementary that we have converted into the district's um, early childhood center, com really taking programs from three locations and combining it into one. One of the most exciting parts of all the projects about being able to just really dramatically expand the services for our earliest learners. So 4 to 7 p.m., uh, what I want to share is that uh, face coverings are required inside of those buildings, so uh, please wear a face mask. If you don't have one, we'll certainly have those available at the door. We are going to try to hold the Greenvale Park ribbon cutting program outside so that people don't have to wear a face covering. But of course, if the weather doesn't cooperate, we'll move into the gymnasium. Yeah, weather hopefully will be uh, cooperating that day. I'd like to see some of that, especially the old, uh, I think a lot of people are curious about uh, the Community Education Center, the old Greenvale School, and it was such a unique building. <laughs> well, and, and that building is very similar. One thing mm -hmm. about the, the Northfield Community Education Tour that I just want to share with people is that it'll be a little bit different than the other tours because we won't really have complete unfettered access to the facility because as many people know, we run a licensed child care facility, and that runs till 6 p.m., and so uh, there are going to be some rooms where students might still be. So, of course, we're going to avoid those rooms so that those students can go on with their day. But people should be able to see the bulk of the building. There's a few things that we're waiting for. And what was the media center? We've got a partnership with the Minnesota Children's Museum uh, that, of course, because of all the delays with COVID, is not done yet. But it's going to be a very exciting, interactive, hands-on play center. Uh, it's in the center of the building. It's in the former media center. People will get to see that space, but they won't, they'll have to imagine the cool tools that will be in there once those get installed, hmm. uh, hopefully yet this year. All right. Uh, once again, Superintendent Hillman is with us from the Northfield School District. Uh, you mentioned uh, before we went on the air um, that you wanted to talk about science. I do. And some exciting science stuff going on. Tell us about it. You know, we know how important um, all of the things that we teach are, but we, I think we've all become very aware of how important science education is, right, especially during the pandemic and um, creating scientific learners, right, and people who are scientifically literate. And so we made, during the pandemic, we, we actually made a major curriculum change. And so two years ago, uh, we looked at our data um, about how our elementary school students were performing uh, in science. And we were not happy with the results. And it was no one's fault, right? We, we just knew we weren't meeting uh, this community's expectations for uh, creating uh, literate scient uh, scientific literate students. And as you know, at our high school, we have, I mean, we have one of the best science programs in the state, uh, all sorts of advanced courses. And we were looking at how our elementary students were performing uh, in science. We just, we knew we had to make a change. And so uh, our leadership team talked about options, and we looked at the idea of taking science and making it into a specialist course as opposed to something that the general education classroom teacher needed to take care of. Our general education classroom teachers, that's what most people think of as their child's teacher. Uh, they obviously teach elementary students for the bulk of the day. There is a lot on those teachers' plates, and we heard about that. We heard from our teachers that there was just too much content for them to do well. As you know, we have really expanded the amount of time that we spend on teaching reading because reading is the gateway to nearly everything else. We need to spend a good amount of time on mathematics each day. And we also implemented, as we've talked about many times, a social-emotional learning curriculum because we know that the social is as important as the academic. And so as we looked at all of those factors, we determined to change the way we teach science from being something that our teachers in the general ed classroom did the best that they could 
right, to be able to teach that once a week or at least once every other week. Um, and we put it into a specialist schedule, just like physical education, uh, music, and art. And so science is now one of those. It replaced uh, media as a specialist course. And what we saw in that first year is we brought, we hired three incredibly competent teachers. So uh, we have Dusty Finau at Bridgewater Elementary. We have Tanya Will at Spring Creek Elementary. And we have Kelly Johnson at Greenvale Park Elementary. These are three of our best teachers through the system who were in other positions before this. They applied for the science positions. We supported them to be able to do a curriculum review and say what would we be, what would be best uh, for our elementary students in a one hour per week uh, science instruction. They selected something called the FOSS curriculum, which is a very hands-on um, inquiry base, which means we're asking students a lot of questions. We're asking them to take observations. We're asking them to predict. We're asking them to experiment. We're asking them to uh, review the data that they've collected, all of the things that good scientifically literate people do. And that those results so far we'll be able to share in about a month. Um, but we're very pleased that during a pandemic year that was interrupted, um, our science students, it was just a dramatic change. Again, no one's fault. It was just, the, it was a systems problem, right? It was a systems problem. We had asked our staff to do too many things. And by taking it out of the general ed curriculum and putting it as a specialist position, we're able to give it the attention that it deserves. And so I'm really proud of those three science teachers who have just done a fantastic job. Hope Langston, who is our director of instructional services, really supported and gave them the room to make the selections that they needed, but also giving them the guidance. So for folks out there who are knowing how important science is for our future, for our students' future, um, this change at the elementary school is really setting them up for success um, as they get into our middle school program and then to our high school program, where there are for at least four advanced placement courses that a student can take. Hmm. Now, when you talk uh, elementary students, this is uh, like first grade through through fifth. Do they do that for each uh, grade? Yes, uh, kindergarten okay, through kids. fifth grade. Kindergarten Every through kindergartner fifth. through fifth grade has all an right. hour of science each and an hour of specific science each week. All right, let's move on. We've got, uh, you mentioned uh, the improvement plans and how relationships, building relationships with those students and the families is so important. Uh, that was part of the uh, improvement plan. And uh, what, what, what about the rest of it? Uh, how did those go for both the Northfield High School and Middle School? Yeah, so I, what I would characterize the improvement plans, when we do our improvement plans, we take a look at the goals from the previous year and mm -hmm. we reflect upon those because we think it's important to report to the community how we did on each building's goals during the year. And then we look ahead. And of course, when we look at the goals from last year, um, we were a little Pollyannish in what we thought we might be able to accomplish last year, right? With mm -hmm. the, again, we, we set these plans in um, July and August. We were doing so with the best of intentions. But um, almost all of the goals from last year were interrupted. And so um, really looking ahead, uh, our, both our high school and our middle school are really focused on making sure that in this recovery year, right, that we are focusing on kids knowing that adults care about them. Because what we've heard is the isolation and the disruptions that happened last year were the things that were really problematic for kids and families. And so our middle school and high school, and in, in one more example of how we continue to focus on being a system of schools rather than a collection of independent school buildings, our middle school and high school have adopted very similar school improvement plan goals around connecting with students. So they have focused on a couple of questions from the Minnesota Student Survey that we're going to continue to ask this year. Uh, we only give the Minnesota Student Survey every couple of years, but we ask our students every year a handful of those questions, and we disaggregate the data as well. So, for example, 
what we're looking at is that wanting to have at least 70% of the high school of students reporting that most teachers care about or and are interested in me as a person. And that's a up would be up from a baseline 2021 survey that was only at 59%. Now what's interesting that's when people when kids think about themselves and their individual relationships. But when you ask kids, do teachers at my school care about students at Northfield High School, 88% of them agreed or strongly agreed with that statement. So kids see that the teachers care. What they want is a more individual relationship. And we know that that is the gateway to learning, right? There's a quote that we use often that says, no great learning happens without great relationship. And so these pieces about making sure that kids, that we also have an old adage that is it's cliche that you know kids don't care what you know until they know that you care. Our kids know that we care. They need to feel that as an individual human being from our staff. And so both our middle school and high school are focused on that particular, um, um, those particular indicators. And they're also going to disaggregate it to make sure that our students of color and traditionally minoritized students are uh, saying those things at the same rate as their other counterparts. So disaggregating, disaggregating it to make sure that students of color and traditionally minoritized students are feeling that same way at the same rate as the other students in the building. So not just as a whole, but also looking beneath the hood a lot and saying, are we really getting to every student? I, I see the time, Jeff, so I, there's a number of other goals that we have around uh, anti-racism and equity and also in terms of, of course, academic learning, which are this is all tied together um, and specifically around how do we make sure more students of color have access to higher level advanced placement courses. So that's for another time. All right. Well, I'd like to talk about that. It's pretty fascinating. It's, uh, we'd be ha- I'd yeah. be happy to have Dr. Lear uh, come in and talk with us about that. This is the mm-hmm. subject of his dissertation, and we've learned a lot about how we can support um, students of color in terms of as they uh, engage in those advanced courses. And it may not be what people initially think either. So mm-hmm. be happy to have Dr. Lear come with me sometime and talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be a great conversation. Looking forward to that. Uh, Superintendent Hillman is with us. Uh, Matt, is there anything else you'd like to uh, talk about last night's uh, school board meeting or anything going on with the schools? Jeff, there is always more to talk about, but I also have that big clock right up there, and I know that I am not going to preempt Tim McNeff. Yeah. I'm already taking some of Mr. Larson's time. Thank you so much for coming in. Much appreciated. It is my pleasure. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080. We're streaming online, kymnradio.net, and a tune-in radio on your mobile device. Hi, folks. This is Rich Larson. Join me every Thursday night at 7 p.m. for The Weekly List, a collection of songs and stories based on something happening that week or really whatever is on my mind. That's The Weekly List, Thursday nights at 7, right here on 95.1 KYMN, The One.